Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This moment. Um, it's now end of May after Memorial Day. And I would say the biggest thing right now is all the brutally injustice and killing of black people. Watching the George Floyd video, seeing what happened to the Jagra mod, or even can't even watch birds anymore at Central Park. And you know, you think about the pandemic, people talk about the new normal, but the one thing that don't change is racism. And it just, you asked the question about, you know, raising a black son at this time. It's really scary. And that events might happen, but that thing is not going to go away. Uh, it was really shocking to see what happened in Minneapolis and uh, what happened to Ahmad and what could have happened to the bird watcher too. It's scary. Really, really scary. And that's without the pandemic. The transatlantic connection is up and running. Welcome to this moment with your brother Jason Diakite in Stockholm, Sweden, and my dear brother Marcus Samuelson in Harlem, New York City. Marcus, how are you feeling? I'm good, you know. Uh, we're getting tested, and I, I guess that's part of living right now, you know what I mean? Uh, it's been one of the roughest weeks, besides, you know, the time when your parents die. Uh, for me, this has probably been two of the roughest months, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to stay positive, plowing through it. But it's, it's, it's been rough. Where were you when you saw the clip of uh, George Floyd getting murdered? Um, I was... Were you alone? Were you yeah. with other people? No, I, like a lot of us, you know, I, uh, doing stuff, but I got it on my Instagram feed, but I was with Zion, so I was like, absolutely not, I'm not going to watch it. So um, mm-hmm. I had to go by work and then I actually went into our office because there was nobody, you know, no one there. And I, could, I couldn't believe it, right? And mm. it's almost like it's jaded at this moment. It's always the same scenario. Black male, 
white police officers. We know already that the facts going to get muddled. And the only difference now is that we have cameras to watch it, right? And for me, it's I linked it back to my son. I'm raising a black kid and I'm telling him that he can do anything. He can do be whatever he wants to be. But just don't just don't go jogging, you know. And you know the funny thing is my son. Don't is go such bird a, watching. Don't go bird don't watching. Don't drive in your car and switch lanes. Yeah, you know? and he loves birds. We live right in front of a park. He loves the birds. So we go there every morning. And he loves police officers. So he says hi and the police officers are so nice to him. And so this has been it's always the same. I just wish that sometime the narrative, the outcome would be different. And it's never different. And it's tough. It's, uh, I was in a similar situation. I was in my daughter's room. It was uh, right after dinner, so it was pretty late. And uh, around six o'clock, you know, she's building with her Legos and stuff. That's what we're doing. I have a tendency sometimes when we've been playing for a long time to pull up my phone and just, you know, take a little break from playing. And same thing popped up in my Instagram feed. And for some reason, I looked at the video and uh, I just couldn't believe it. When, when he's first, when the video starts, I'm like, okay, well, he's, he's alive. He's talking. Now, don't tell me that this man is actually going to die here, right? That right right here in front of me and also that you know the pleading of the people who are filming this just the 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 impunity yeah that this man that has his neck on another human being has his knee on another human being's neck the impunity and the the heartlessness to kill another human being like that just he doesn't say much you know and he knows he's being caught. He knows he's being caught on camera. He knows, man. And he doesn't give a fuck. No. That was just... Uh... I don't know. Maybe it was the pandemic that made me think, you know, everybody's in a hole. So we all kind of got to get together and come together on this. But the pandemic has actually shown that racism has increased. You know, the way police brutality against black and brown people when they gather versus others and uh you know it it's it's about acknowledging us as humans and not as less than humans and when you think about i think not on the same level but equally troubling for me was the central park incident right because they're linked. The fact that here's a peaceful man bird watching in the park, and here's a super privileged investment bank, a female upper west side lady, um, you know, and he's just asking in the most politest way, Christian Cooper, hey, can you please put a leech on your dog? Then she says, no, and then he asks one more time, and then she says, I'm gonna call 911. I'm gonna tell them that I'm being jumped by an African-American man. And up until we had, you know, camera phones, nine times out of 10, it would have been, he would have been arrested on the floor, maybe the same outcome as George Floyd. Mm. Uh, 
You don't know. We right? don't know. But the fact that even if he wouldn't have died, he would have been late to his job. He would have been arrested. He would have got on the record. And he would ruin his life, you know? So it, it, it's about, we always think, yeah. It's, it's interesting that she's wielding that as a weapon. You yes. Know, I'm going to say that an African-American man is threatening me because she knows that that's a, that's a code word to the police. You know, it's not even a code word. It's just, you know, oh, it's a red alert. It is. And Jason, it's also the silent person like her, right? We always think that racism comes through KKK or comes through Nazis. And it's very often male aggravation and it's young and it's brutal. No, no, no. Here was a silent, established woman, probably someone that is super educated. That is... And may not, may not self-identify as a racist, yes. but put in a certain situation, that racism comes to, to, to the surface. So potentially, even by calling 911 on Chris Cooper, she's putting him in lethal danger. Because she doesn't know what the cops are going to do to him. Oh, no, she does know. She does know. She knows that she's walking out of there, continuing having her dog unleashed, and this man, is, 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 she doesn't care. And that's my point, is when you have so much of a false narrative being pushed out through generation, what, you know, at, for Christian Cooper, he started with a human response. Hey, ma'am, do you mind putting a leash on your dog? It's going to scare the birds. She responds with an inhuman response. What, what happened? What happens in those things? And it's like, for me, it's that silent level of violence that actually is more, more people can identify with her than the kneeing on someone's neck, but they're equal to me. And, and, and we are both raising young black kids. And, you know, I said it today on, on my Instagram, like, as a father, as a, someone raising a black son, I thought I would have the talk, you know, the talk with my son around 12, 13, 14 about, you know, dangers and, 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 and who not to talk to and, you know, not don't go jogging right now or don't speak to a police officer or whatever it might be. Those talks, now I have to like probably have them at six or seven. You know what I mean? So I'm training this young innocent kid to have limitations and it, it saddens me so much. Yeah. You, you, you got to give Zion tools for survival, you know, and, you know, uh, writing about my family's history and writing about and thinking about how my grandfather lived his life, how my grandmother lived her life, you know, uh, my grandfather's philosophy of mind your own business, you know, do your job, put food on the table, don't stick out. That's one strategy for survival. <sighs> my grandmother, who was like, black people need to go back to Africa. There'll never be justice on stolen land. That's one uh, recipe for survival. You know, my father leaving Harlem, going to Sweden is another way of surviving, being black in the world. But, you know, being black in America. You know, uh, our friend, Alouette Jones, uh, who you put me in contact with in, in, uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, she, she said that, you know, somebody should make a movie called Being Black is Hazardous to Your Health, you know, and we all laughed, but it's so true, you know. Being, you know, uh, uh, 
Ahmaud Arbery, killed while being black, you know, Breonna Taylor, uh, Christian Cooper, just uh, potentially, you know, threatened, life-threatened while being black. And then, of course, George Floyd, a public execution, you know, for the whole world to see just for being black. So those recipes for survival, those recipes for or the need for survival strategies is, is uh, potent and, and needed now. It was as it was in the 70s and 60s, as it was in the 40s and 30s, you know? Mm. That's, and that's, that's a tragic fact that um, just surviving as a person of color in this world today is not a given. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jason, I want to know your father being a black man, being from Harlem, and now, you know, so 45 years living in Sweden. Uh, have you been talking to him? I spoke to my dad yesterday and, uh, yeah, listen to some of the stuff he said. Yeah, Kite. Hey, dad, it's Jason. Yeah. How you doing? Okay. Now listen, Dad, I I was really uh 
I was playing with Maxime in her room uh, after we had come back from daycare yesterday. And okay. I just glanced at my phone and all of a sudden this footage popped up of uh, this man, George Floyd, who was killed by Minneapolis police. Yeah. Uh, and I was just, uh, I couldn't stop watching it. It was a nine minute film, I think. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to know how you, have you seen it or any footage? Oh, I've seen, of all, I've seen the footage on your clip and on the ABC clip. Yeah. What does seeing this footage echo for you of what you've seen in your in, in your lifetime? Oh, it echoes for me the time I almost got killed when a cop pulled a gun on me, hmm. pointed it at my face. Wow. Uh, OBK was in the car with me. Where were you? I was I was driving in Harlem. I was driving him to school. Do you remember where in Harlem? Yeah. On Seventh Avenue he stopped. He he finally he stopped me finally at about 130th Street mm -hmm. and just pulled the gun and said, "If you move, I'll shoot your brains out." And it was all over nothing, you know. And what what were you thinking in that moment? Can you? I mean, what or what do you think you were thinking? I mean, obviously it's a long time ago. I was just looking at his bullets <laughs> because <laughs> in that's the barrel. how close to gun. Yeah, wow. So he pulled the gun in your face. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, today, absolutely. any any black person anywhere in the world knows to that if you meet the police, it could potentially have a, a, a lethal. You could be killed. Did, oh yeah, the encounter could be lethal. And of the course. encounter, it, but was that something that you knew already then? I knew already then, Jason. Mm. This has been going on in America ever since black men set foot in the United States. Mm -hmm. There have been murders monthly in the United States, north, south, east, and west. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my, my reaction to the United States and to the murders and the killings and don't forget, you know, I was a very strong sympathizer with the Black Panthers mm -hmm. and followed all the stories of their friends and people getting murdered, shot in their beds. Frank Hampton shot in his bed 40 times. Mm. This young man, Diallo, shot in the hallway 40 times. I mean, it's just so sickening. Mm. Till the, myself, I, I'm, I've been many places in the world. And I'm very happy to say that most of the places I've been as a black man, I was treated with a great deal of respect, much more respect than I ever was treated in the United States. Wow. 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 I mean, yeah. Jason, when I hear it, you know, the, the level of clarity that your father and personal experience, it is like, it's like drinking milk for him, right? It's like, of course. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, welcome to reality, Jason. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he doesn't say it with anger in his voice. He just, it's a matter of fact. Um, I'm going to walk up to 130th and 7th. I'm just going to take a picture. Because, mm -hmm. because he's so calm, 
It's probably also why he's still alive, and it's also why you're alive and why your daughter is alive. Mm. If he would have been mm. a hothead, I mean, think about that. He, maybe that he would have been, been it. Stuck, yeah. Then the legacy, right, would not have been there. And the way he explained it, it is just, I mean, he's just so matter of fact. Uh, and it just also, yeah, yeah. I, I just, just the fact that so this is probably in the nineteen fifties, and here we are, twenty twenty, seventy years, or you know, uh, sixty, seventy years later, it's still going on, and it had already been going on for hundreds of years before that. You know, racism has not changed. You know, besides your your father, that is an amazing source of uh, direct know-how and knowledge and you know it can just transport us to a moment which we think is so far and far far away which is not right what what has been mm. other dialogue uh, because this almost you know because it happened over memorial day weekend because it's two weeks after the mod uh, really uh became a new na- nationwide story you know these two stories has become, you know, almost as just much conversation, definitely in the black community, as the pandemic itself. Imagine that, that, that this lethal racism is so brutal. And now, since it's captured, it even cuts through the news cycle uh, of this pandemic. Yeah. That's this huge economic turmoil and just this monumental shift. It's really... It's just brutal, and it also speaks so much to uh, how just the fact that it's being filmed is, you know, but, you know, watching the George Floyd footage, I'm like, how can this, how can this cop not stop, right? You know, how... Like, how can a human do that when they know people are watching and so forth? And the mechanisms behind that are so deep, you know. But you know why. You know why. Because A, he's yeah. done it before. Yeah. yeah. And B, he knows he's going to not, he knows he's going to walk, right? So yeah. there's no consequence. I mean, this is. Uh... And he might not, I'm not saying he will walk now, but I'm saying he's done that. No one does that, Jason. And. That yeah. is an act of he's done that before. His friends have done, his colleagues have done that before, and they all walked from it. And and that's why he doesn't change. Yeah, you remember when Philando Castile was murdered? What four years that, ago? You know that cop. That was a, a very uh, sickening, uh, also brutal footage with a four-year-old girl in the mm-hmm. backseat. You know, his girlfriend uh, putting it on Facebook so that. we can. We were right there. It was live, yeah. man, live, you know. Uh, that's also in, uh, in, in Minneapolis or St. Paul, one of the Twin Cities. Yeah, I don't know what, what uh, the conversation in Sweden so far is just, you know, mainly uh, people posting pictures of George Floyd uh, so far. Jason, when do you think the word, will you speak to your daughter about what is racism? Mm. When do you, I mean, is mm. it, is it something that she's going to learn in school? Is it something you're going to talk about at home? 
when is it? Does it, should a child even be around it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I've been thinking about this without being paranoid, but like, when do you bring it up? Yeah, right. I mean, she's two now, she's developing language. I, I, you know, Zion is what, he had just had its uh, fifth birthday, right? No, he's, three, he's almost four, three and a half, so. Now, now's the time, you know? He knows so many words. I mean, he can talk about cars. He can talk about stuff that I don't know about. He knows about uh, so many different things. And I was like. What's sad about this also, one of the aspects is, that's saddening and sorrowful is, is that this has to be a part of our legacy that we pass on to our children. And this was something that was passed on to us. Yeah. Like how to survive being black in a white world. Like how to literally survive, not just how to survive in terms of putting food on your table and, and getting a job and just you know reaching some level of happiness and harmony, which in itself is a struggle for every human and in particular for uh, people of color in this world, but for, actually, for your body actually to survive. Is a part of the, is a part of how you raise a child of color. It's just, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering how we balance, how we manage to, you know. My dad is turning 80 in December, you know, and after 80 years of this, right? So Zion and Maxime are at the beginning. He's at the, you know, he's at the autumn of all this, where it becomes this calm voice who's just saying it. Yeah, this is how it is. This is what I had to do. You know what I mean? It's a, so you're balancing rage, right? Nonstop rage over this injustice and also a deep, deep sorrow. And then, but you know, you still have to survive. You know, you have to make it to 79 years. If you're going to make it to be 79, you know, I spoke, I spoke with him for quite a long time because once you turn this switch on, it of doesn't course. just turn off. And he said that, you know, if I wouldn't have gone to Sweden, I might not be alive. I could have ended up like Fred Hampton or Amadou Diallo, you know, and, and, uh, and if not that, if not being killed by the system, then I might have been killed by the system, you know, that is being unemployed, uneducated, uh, underestimated, underrepresented. So once it was on... <laughs> And so, uh, you know, in my conversation with my dad, and he's worried because I told him the other day that, you know, Pop, as soon as I can, I want to move back to the States. And he, it scared him a bit. So he's called me a couple of times and like, I really don't think you should move to the States. So in our conversation about, you know, following the, the, the brutal murder, the execution of George Floyd, you know, he started coming into, you know, trying to dissuade me from going back sure, to the States. Sure. But, but where we ended up anyway was, you know, where I asked him uh, what solutions he saw for uh, black and brown people. He's trying to protect you. You know, he's a father through and through. So he's trying to protect Absolutely. you. Absolutely. This is what he said when, uh, when we came to talking about solutions. But for your, for your American brothers and sisters and people of African mm -hmm. descent who are living in the United States, what do you think... What do you think the future looks like, given the... I think it looks... I, I don't think it's very bright at all. In fact, there was a young man... I saw a young man uh, telling some his his city council in Texas uh, just yesterday. Just, I, I'm very glad I got this cell phone because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy struggling too. on... Yeah. I'm, 
stumbling on news your first stories iPhone. Yeah. that I knew exist, mm-hmm. but I was able to avoid them. And and I saw a young man, he's telling his city council in Texas that in Fort Worth, Texas, that he and his wife and child, they moved there because they felt it would be a good place. There was lots of jobs there. But now he's being hassled by the police and harassed all the time for one reason, one reason or another. He said, I have no other place to go to. And I said to myself, you do, brother. You can go to other countries. You can live in Europe. You could try Australia. I don't know what keeps black people in the United States. Mm. I really don't know what keeps them there mm. because they're not loved or wanted anywhere. Anywhere you move to as a black man in America, you must find your neighborhood. You you can't just move into housing anywhere. If you're lucky enough to buy a house in a white area, you'll see the many of the whites will start moving out. Mm. There are no blacks living up where Barry Bosack, your uncle, lives. No. The United States is the most tragic country I know. Mm. This COVID meeting has exposed the American healthcare system. Mm. These past two weeks, I have seen on the iPhone cases in Mississippi where the mother, a single mother supporting four children, has a job in a factory but the only place where she can go to get tested was 40 miles away. Mm. Criminal. And she had to pay for the test. Mm. Criminal. 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 If you're lucky, if if you're six foot two and physically strong and look like you can box or if you're lucky enough to be become an actor and you can hold on to your money and hold on to your life uh, you, you you might live to be pretty old but the, the, the problems over there are just too much you know I, I just don't think I want to go live in the United States again in fact I'm sure I don't want to go live there again mm. um I think it's so powerful. I think it's like you mm. just want to fall back and listen and take everywhere. It's like a raindrop. You just want to hold on to it and like listen to it because he's not just saying that. He's saying that with experience, right? And there's a lot of things that you can unpack or you can just let it be there. But uh, the biggest thing with your father there for me is that he's been exposed he takes pride in that he got exposed and got out where the majority don't, you know what I mean? And America is fascinating because he's the tallest tall when he stands tall and it's the lowest low. And the fascination with for all of us is that in between, right? Like there's these two things, the good and evil coming back and forth constantly. And he has a different context to it as a black or brown person. It has a lot of different context to it when you're poor, but even more so. So a lot of people uh, always think, why do we have to talk about racism? Because it just has, it just lives and breathes so differently, the consequences for us. 
you know, uh, are just vastly different. They're life and death different. And, uh, um, yeah, man, I'm so glad that you did an interview with your father because it's, it's powerful, you know, what he said. Yeah, it brings, it, you know, I, it just takes the air out of me when he says, you know, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you might live to be pretty old. And that's actually the situation and uh, the life path for so many people. Not, I mean, not, we're talking specifically about the United States. This doesn't go just for the United States. No, but, but it's, uh, it's so it's much. In, in this world, but it's specifically and very kind of, it's very flagrant and, op- you know, visible. And like you said, tall is tall, low is low. Yeah. America is always going to do it the most Hollywood, the most, you know, the, the dirt is going to be the dirtiest and the gold is going to be the shiniest in, in the United States, the country that, you know, kind of invented showbiz. Yeah, but, um, and, and not only that, like there are a lot of laws that has changed. You always think about the civil rights movement to set the table for all people of color around the world. You know, you think about the, the balance mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. inspire and aspire. You know, uh, our aspirations are very, especially as a person of color, are always to compare yourself with uh, African-Americans in a way, right? Like whether it's music or whether it's culture or whether, wh- whatever it is, you know, storytelling. I mean, that's the thing too, that the United States also produced your Nina Simone, yeah. uh, your Billie Holiday's, Michael Jordan, yeah. Jesse Owens. Rakim. So some of the highest heights. Yeah. Rakim, yeah. you know, some of the highest heights, but also, mm-hmm. you know, the Emmett Tills, yeah. the Ahmaud Aubrey's, the George Floyd's, the, you know, the just... The names, you know, I usually, I mean, in conversations that you and I have had and when I'm trying to explain what, what the stakes are uh, with black and brown skin in Sweden in comparison to the United States is that I've been stopped by the police in Sweden more or less any time I pass police, I expect them to if I'm in a car to stop me, if they're in a car, they stop, you know, it's, it's such a part of my life, but at no time with, so, so my black skin makes me a suspect in their eyes. That's, that's crystal clear for me here uh, and from experience, but at no time have I ever had to fear for my life. Fear. Wow. But that's a big difference. So there's that, there's that big difference, but, but, the difference in the, the dehumanization of the black and brown body in Sweden in comparison to the United States is that in the United States, yes, the police can kill you with impunity for, for nothing, you know, for, for just being black and trying to cash a check that may or may not have been a, a real check or whatever it may be for not using your signal to switch lanes like Sandra Bland, you know, um, whereas in Sweden, both for you and I, uh, all our lives, our belonging is questioned. It's like, where are you from? No, where are you really from? You know, mm-hmm. the belonging of a black and brown body in the United States is no question. Oh, they're, they're American, but they're the type of American that's a second class American that we can kill if we feel like it. Here in Sweden, is, you're just not one of them. Mm-hmm. They won't kill you, yeah. but you're just not one of them. You're not being let in, but you're not being killed for it. You're just not one of us, you know? Uh, that to me is a deep difference between uh, 
being black in Sweden and being black in the United States. There's a value to belong to the club, right? To be in them, you know. You know, for us, being a, a mixed family, obviously, uh, we were adopted and, and having my parents figuring out how to teach a young boy specifically about racism, but also my mm-hmm. sisters. And my father, I mean, he was literally like guessing because mm. he did not have the experience that your father had. So your, his, your father's firsthand experiences of this, right? So he was like, Marcus, if there's a fight in school, don't join. You're not allowed to fight. Just walk mm. away. That was his way because you will get blamed. And you're like, Robin's like, why would I get blamed? I didn't do anything. And he never wanted to say because you're black. But you will get blamed. So, you know, you have two choices. You're either going to uh, have to deal with me when you come home. So you just just walk away, right? And that, as a kid, makes you even more curious, right? As I became late teenager, he trying to coach me, like, you know, when you're adopted, you get, like, a super Swedish name, like Marcus Samuelsson. And then you send your little CV around, and people are, like, stuck and shocked. Like, how can this black kid name Marcus Samuelsson? And my father really like tried to coach me around this, right? That shock, right? Not the shock from me, my end, but the shock from the person on the other end. And it was awkward, but one day he just gave me Mal- Alex Haley's Malcolm X book. Because he probably realized, like, I can't teach him this. Like, it's just not his jam. I mean, I knew the love was there, but he just didn't know how to talk about it the way. And that's what I appreciate so much with your father. There's a there's a clarity there, right? There's no doubt what he's conveying to you. And uh, I appreciate, though, that my father gave me Malcolm because um, it gave me something to read on. And I read it probably between 17, when I was 17 or 18. And um, I still hold on to it, you know. Can I ask you about my hometown paper, Jason? Because, you know, go easy. In <laughs> I love my city. Yeah. <laughs> so, so whatever you, I know, yeah. I can't speak on it because I'm going to be biased. So you got to speak on it. Mm-hmm. What's going on? I hear some noise. Yeah, one of the things we've been dealing with this week is just the uh, there's a level of uh, toxicity and aggressiveness in uh, a lot of the big media platforms. Newspapers are going kind of they're going all Fox News on us here, and. Uh, Yet the Boys Posten, which is, I'd say, one of the, this country's biggest papers, their yeah. editor-in-chief just wrote a very aggressive uh, op-ed about an organization that I work with called the Order of the Teaspoon that works mm. with uh, teaching kids about anti-racism and about equality and humanism, about, uh, uh, you know, um, just basic Werdegrundsarbeiter, uh, uh, you know. Uh, and... Uh, the headline was Ras Profitarna du because his problem was basically that we were getting, getting government, had applied for government grants uh, to oh, work wow. with anti-racism wow. in school. And he uh, used, it was, just, it was just the aggressiveness in the language saying that we were pushing racial theory that was a threat to Swedish democracy and that we were what he called racial profiteers, that we kind of it was just a very kind of charged and toxic way of describing reality to regular, you know, Swedish uh, newspaper readers who would just be like, oh, my God, this is awful. How can this be going on? You know, because uh, 
that's his narrative and that and, and wanting to push that narrative on a small organization of like 20 people that's just trying to make a difference so that kids can grow up you know that white kids can grow up and not practice the same racism that their parents and grandparents did you know and to teach black and brown kids about their rights that they don't have to accept it this being such a threat to this white man that that's you know that he's choosing to use one of the biggest media platforms in the country for this just you know there's work to be done here in sweden for me hearing that i have to first of all say congratulations to you <laughs> yeah because yeah. clearly the 20 people and other 19 people uh you guys have done i don't know enough about the organization but you've done an awesome job because obviously he's there's a fear there and he's trying to punch up and uh you guys have done such a good job so he knows that he's going to get clicks and hits he's representing a big platform ish but you you 20 the information that, that you guys have is so potent and so important so he chooses to punch up so i would say congratulations to you and whatever how long the organization's been around imagine in 10 years from now when it's been around for a little bit longer uh, so that that that's like a hit piece because you guys have achieved something and uh, you know it's 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 sad but uh, information peaceful information is frightening for some people you know when you look at Colin I don't know if you've seen this image with Colin Kaepernick kneeling and then right next to him they have the police officer kneeling on George Floyd do you understand me now and sometimes yeah. peaceful very important work is such a threat to the status quo so it has to get pointed out all i can say he has an op-ed and a big paper that piece won't age well and your work will no. so no, congrats no. to you guys mm, there we go that's it you know thank you brother tell me what's the what's uh what are the conversations in harlem where are people taking this rage and sorrow the pandemic has been what everybody's talked about for the last 90 days and then this happens and it's kind of like becomes a whole other narrative right and oh. it just shows you what's going to happen in the future life hasn't stopped there's so many things that's going to come with this right now unemployment looting uh etc not just not just you know tough stuff's going to happen we're going to go through rough rough couple of years and so we're going to need you we're going to need to be extremely loving to one another and have some compassion that is not in america that is not a swedish that's all of us we need to see the compassion in one another because we won't do that black brown or white one thing is we have to live together and we have to be more compassionate and it's not some it's not some vagueness in that i'm like it doesn't work like i would say jason both you and i cooking has allowed me to bring people together opening red rooster was part of bringing people to harlem was part of bringing people together so food has really been this medium for me that I can be able to express myself but also be able to bring people together. Music, what you dedicated your life to is storytelling and enlightenment and 
giving us a positive vibe, but there's always messages in there, right? So if anything, we have to continue to create, you know, this platform, this moment, we have to continue to create because we have to document our journey. Um, and it's about the authorship of this. If we want to live in a multi-layered uh, world where complexity and issues going to be part of it, we have to see the human side in the story. Compassion, kindness, and love, brother. I'd like to end with uh, with some words from my uh, from my pops. Yes. Uh, yes. Just on a last of note, course. you know. Any words of salutation to our listeners in Harlem? Yes. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I miss you so much. <laughs> but I, and I cry very often when I hear good old music. Mm-hmm. And when I put on my computer and look at the street view on 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 the, the uh, that's where you're from, Pop. Yeah, but it don't mean I got to go back. <laughs> I love you, Dad. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Boom. Love to Harlem from uh, yeah. Love to Harlem from Malmo, yes. from Stockholm. Yes. As soon as I can, brother, I'm coming over. I'll stand right next to you. Yeah. You know. No, absolutely. We should uh, dedicate this. You know, from bird watchers to bad checks. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.